0: Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we are talking the CBA, we are talking the franchise tag, and of course, we're talking Tom Brady.
1: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team
2: every day
0: what's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast I'm James Jarko joined as always by David Harrison and Bailey Adams you can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked on Bucks at Jarko underscore Bucks at DH82 underscore Bucks at Bailey J Adams 22 and at Bucks underscore nation that's right The week of the new league year, there's a lot to cover and we had to call in a triple tag team to do this. Bailey will be joining us for the uh, next couple of episodes here as we try to dissect everything going on with legal tampering, the free agent frenzy, and of course, where in the world Tom Brady is going to go. But before we get to all of that. We got to talk a little bit of news regarding the NFL as a whole because on Sunday it was announced that the new CBA passed with 51 per 51.5% of the votes, a 60 vote margin, 1,019 to 959 in favor of the new CBA. So, guys, we have labor peace for the next 11 years. David, you wrote it up for BucksNation.com. Kind of give our listeners an idea as to what we're looking at here.
1: Uh Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a 10-year 10, ten year deal on top of uh, what they've already had in place. And so what it means for the next league year, they're going to operate. So that's that's where really the biggest thing for the Buccaneers and then I guess for the Cowboys. That's also I'm seeing on social media is uh, you know the biggest question going into this whole thing, and we know from a Buccaneers standpoint, has been are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to be able to use one tag or two? Because in the previous CBA, if this is the quote-unquote last year of their agreement, then uh, they can use both. They can use a franchise tag, either exclusive or non-exclusive, and then they can also use a transition tag. And the overall thought was that Shaq Barrett would receive the franchise tag while Jameis Winston received the transition tag. But because they have a new deal in place now, because it's in place obviously before the beginning of the new league year, every team only has one tag they can use. They can use a franchise tag or a transition tag. Um, the thought now is that the Buccaneers will franchise tag Shaquille Barrett, most likely a non-exclusive franchise tag, which will allow Shaquille Barrett, his agents, to go out and seek you know offers from other teams if they so choose. Or Shaquille Barrett can just sign the franchise tag. He's got until June 4th say off the top of my head, to sign his franchise tag, if that's if that is indeed how the Buccaneers go, um, but then at the same time, the Buccaneers also have all that time to negotiate an extension, a long term deal with him as well, uh, if they if they so choose. I'm not really sure what they're going to do with that. And then uh, expanded playoffs, so you're going to have that that extra playoff team in the playoffs this NFL season. So in early 2020 uh, 21, you will see an extra playoff team in the field of play. Um, the one team, the one seed from each conference will get the bye. Everybody else will play a wild card weekend. The 17 game season, that's what I actually inaccurately originally wrote would begin this season. But after then looking at uh, some of the some of the mainstream media guys like Jenna Lane from ESPN, uh, sending, I think uh, Greg Alman, I think also sent it out Tom Pelissero, basically saying that the the CBA doesn't actually enact a 17-game season. What it does is it opens up the opportunity for the league to create a 17-game season. But they've got to go out now, and they've got to go to the TV providers and redo contracts, renew contracts, hopefully get more TV money because of the extra regular season game every year. Um, And then we would have a 17-game season. I think the the general consensus is that it's going to happen next year. So 2021's NFL season, you'll probably see that 17th game played, and then you'll have, again, the expanded playoffs. And then money. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, and some people are happy, some people are not. James, you've been talking about how kind of the – the upper you know i don't want to say how much percent but like the upper like 10% doesn't quite benefit from this type of deal as much as like the middle of the pack or lower end uh because obviously you know there there's some some increases in guaranteed money there's some increases in revenue share for the players so if you're kind of at the bottom of the barrel there then that's going to help you a little bit more than you know the Aaron Rodgers is of the world and i think that's where the players were really most separated i saw Eric Reed from the Carolina Panthers actually tweeted out that a lot of players don't quite understand what this new deal really means for them, as far as like long term medical care, pensions, stuff like that, that it really wasn't as beneficial as maybe it could be. But, and you know, and I'm not saying he's wrong, but, but at the same time, he's Eric Reed, you know what I mean? And I think that's where a lot of these younger players are coming from. Like, you're Eric Reed, bro. Like, you've made a lot of money. And even though he missed, you know, a significant amount of time, his negotiating power probably got hurt. Ah, uh, quite significantly from you know the whole the, the scandal between the uh, about the kneeling and his involvement with Colin Kaepernick and all that stuff, justly or unjustly. Regardless, you know he probably you know lost out on quite a few dollars, but he still made a lot of money compared to some of these other guys who are just kind of scraping by. And these are, are guys. I guarantee you, there are players in the National Football League who voted yes because they need to play because they need the paycheck, like they need this money. Like there are guys who you know if they're missing the twenty twenty season because there's a lockout or they missed the 2021 20, season rather, because there's a lockout from the owners because they didn't agree to this. These are guys who don't have the luxury of just taking their family on an extended vacation and waiting to come back to the table at a later date and worrying about the scrubs. These are the guys who are the scabs. These are the guys who might become the scab, but like they may cross the picket line and play outside of the union and play for a team because of that. Or, you know, they're the guys we've heard about before, like bagging groceries, working in a factory, so on and so forth. Those guys Maybe a little bit more worried about the getting paid in 2020, 2021, instead of long-term health care. And, I mean, hey, we all we all have to make decisions based on our walk of life. But the, the most interesting thing thing to me, James, based off that that split, like you said, in the voting, is there were about 500 players who didn't even vote. And that's how close. So, I mean, did these 500 players not vote because they just didn't care? Or did they not think their vote counted? And, I, like, I almost got our players thought of what those 500 players players actually thought about the CBA and how they would have voted if they were, you know, quote unquote compelled to, because that could have flipped this whole thing on its head.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I saw Pat McAfee tweeting about the people that didn't vote. And he said that, you know, in the case of some of them, probably not all, but at least some of them, they probably thought, you know what? I don't feel strongly enough either way about this. It's probably some of those lower level players as well. Um, and they said, I'm going to let the guys that have been around a little bit longer than me make this decision, and I'll be fine to go along with whatever they do. Uh, it certainly could have been the case. Uh, one of the other things that that uh, I saw some players complaining about was, I can't remember which player it was, and they had said, you all traded your future to be able to smoke some weed because part of this yeah. CBA is there will no longer be suspensions for positive marijuana tests. It's still going to be uh, punishment based on state to state mm-hmm. as it is, you know, with, with the actual laws. But Bailey, let's, let's bring you in here, buddy, because you've, we've been talking for a little while and, and you have not said anything. So welcome to the show. Um, what, what's your biggest takeaway from the CBA as far as the kind of the, the good and the bad, as far as the way you view it? I
2: mean, honestly there's not too much that I'm, I'm
0: too in the
2: details about, but the two things that you brought up were the two things that really stuck out to me. Um, I mean, starting with the the marijuana suspensions, I mean, I saw an interesting tweet. I can't remember who it was from, but it was something about, you know, I wonder how that impacts draft stock for some of these guys coming into the league this year, as far as, you know, if guys had suspensions or had, I mean, even arrests based on marijuana possession, maybe that in the past would have been, um, they, they would have slid down on people's uh, draft boards. Those guys might, you know, come back up now because that's not as big of a deal as it might have been under the former CBA. So that's one thing to me that really stu- stood out. And then really, like you said, like both of you said, the 500 that didn't vote, that is the, the biggest thing to me. I hope it's the case, like Pat Mack, if he said, and, and these guys were not really feeling too strongly one way or the other, I hope it wasn't that they just didn't care because, I mean, obviously this is very important not only for, for those guys, but just the, the league as a whole for, for every individual player. And, you know, you've got the people that are, that are really working hard to put this thing together. And if you just don't care about it, um, I think it's for the guys that put in the work and that put in the time to, to you know, think this over and decide their vote. That's probably not going to sit well with them. And I've, I've seen multiple players tweet about the, the 500 that didn't vote and say, come on, this is your future we're talking about. And you just decided it wasn't worth your time. So I mean, whatever the reason was, I, I would be really curious to see um, how those five hundred really did feel about the CBA because, as close of a margin as it was, those five hundred obviously would have made a huge difference.
0: All right. Well, yeah, and of course, Bailey once again starting to come into fruition that number seven seed. Yeah, you know, we did. We did quite a bit on the number seven, and it's all <laughs> it's all falling into place. It's, it's coming. Happening. It's coming. It's happening. All right. Well. As you are listening to this, if it has not been done already, then today is tag day for Shaquille Barrett. Uh, Adam Schefter reported it a while ago. We've been talking about it for a while. Uh, Rick Stroud tweeted out on Sunday that the Buccaneers are going to use the tag on Shaq Barrett as long as the deadline stays the same and the new league year does not move. Um, they have until 11.59 a.m. because the legal tampering begins at noon. So, gentlemen, Bailey, we'll start with you this time, and then we'll kick it back over to David. Any surprise, any hesitation to use the the franchise tag on Shaq Barrett, who obviously will be tagged as an outside linebacker and not a defensive end because that carries about a $2 million difference between the two, outside linebacker coming in at about $15.8 million, whereas the defensive end comes in at about $17.8 million. Of course, him being represented by Drew Rosenhaus is probably going to affect things, and he's probably going to try to squeeze more money out, which, you know what, that's fine. Whatever. Split the difference. Give him an extra million on top of the franchise tag. However it is that that works, while you try to work out that long-term deal.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's really any surprise to it or any anything really that sticks out. I think it's been coming for a long time. Um, I know a long time during the season, it seemed like Jameis Winston would be that guy that could get the tag and Shaq would be, you know, the, the for sure getting a, a longer term deal, but it seems like the best course of action now is to make sure they have Shaq Barrett in the building franchise tag him. And then, I mean, he, he said that, yes, he'll play on the tag because, you know, he's got to play on the tag. And, you know, he even talked about on NFL network the other day, he wants the, the long-term security, but even, he acknowledged that the money that he would get on the franchise tag is, is still, um, you know, pretty hefty, a pretty hefty price tag that would help his family's um, financial security for, for quite some time. So, yeah, I mean, nothing really uh, sticks out. It seems like it's coming. Um, you know, I, I kind of wonder at the time of recording as of like, if all of us know it's coming and it seems like that's been the plan all along why they haven't really done it yet. Um, I don't know if they're still negotiating as far as, you know what they want to do um, if if they're getting Shaq's input and, and they're going to use all the time they need up to that 1159 deadline or what. But yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we'll see that by the time you guys listen to this, he will either have gotten the tag or we'll be getting it within hours or minutes. I'm I'm sure.
1: I think the big question really with the franchise tag isn't so much whether or not it's going to happen or when it happens or if it happens, I think it's more uh, what happens afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, uh, from the sounds of it, I mean Shaquille. You know, Shaq is is a is a pretty upfront person. Like, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't really pull or hold a lot back. And from all the times going back to like the Pro Bowl and everything else that like he's talked about his contract situation, he's never really discussed. You know, like my agent's been talking to the team, and and Jason's been talking to my agents, and It really seems like it's basically just a foregone conclusion. That they're going to use the franchise tag on it, and it, and if they're not even trying to. And I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying it, it just kind of feels to me like they're really not even trying to extend him. They're just they're like, hey dude, we're gonna tag you. That's pretty much gonna be it. And they may not have even told him. It's just kind of the 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 feeling that it means are that he's gonna play on the tag. You know, like I wonder, are they gonna try to extend him, you know, up until that June deadline, whatever day it is, uh, or is it just the intent of the Buccaneers to have Shaq play under the tag for 2020 to see if it is a one year wonder type thing or if he can repeat you know, not maybe, you know, uh, 19 sacks or but if he can if he can get to 14, 15, you know what I mean? Then okay, now we have a better idea of what we're looking at. But then I also wonder too, because you you know, it, it's it's again, it's a tricky game to play because the the franchise tag one year might might look like sixteen million dollars, but then you franchise tag them again, and the franchise tag language is it's either the average of the top five salaries, da-da-da-da, or one hundred and I think it's 20% of his contract, whichever is more. So you franchise tag him again, depending on the deals that get signed, and, and looking more at paying him 120% of his of his 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 tag price, which in 18, you're getting close to 19 million. Whereas the franchise tag number, generally speaking, might only raise like 17 in 2021. Now you're talking about paying him about 19 million dollars because of that greater than value. Um and his agents are going to know he has a very good, a very competent agency behind him. So they're going to know, like, hey, you know, we want nineteen million a year, or we're going to force you to let us, you know, seek out free agency. And now he's he's on the open market because you, as a team, played this game where you're only going to tag him and make him play. You know, so it's just it's just a very interesting situation, feeling that if the Buccaneers get through free agency, you know, the the bulk of free agency, uh, maybe even the draft, and they've got. I don't know 20 million <laughs> sitting in the bank then maybe they just go ahead and execute an extension for him or maybe they go through go through and execute an extension for Chris Godwin and if they've got like an extra of four million sitting in the bank they go ahead and execute an extension for shaq and pay him a nice hefty bonus up front to eat away a lot of that upfront money you know what I mean like so there's just all the all the economics that go into it but my biggest question isn't so much is shaq getting tagged it's more are they tagging him with the intent of him playing completely under the tag or are they tagging him with the intent of all right, go on vacation. Like you saw, he was on a boat. I think he's still in Florida, but he was on a boat hanging out on NFL Network. You know, enjoy your vacation, stuff like that. We'll get through the quarterback situation and we'll come back and we'll talk figures, you know, during the summer, uh, something like that, or, you know, training camp when you're already on loan and you're off time type of deal. I don't know. That's my biggest question is what happens after the tag. To me, the tag is a foregone conclusion. So if you're listening to this and Jameis Winston got the tag and Shaq is now a free agent, feel free to at me on Twitter and ask me about that foregone conclusion. (laughs) <laughs>
0: well now, that's what so- I've been, i'm sorry oh, go ahead Jay. bailey that's what
2: i'm super curious about i know like we said it's a foregone conclusion almost it seems like but what does happen after and i've, I've been really curious cause i know we've had this discussion in the bucks nation group chat and i know evan for a long time has been you know of the opinion that they need to just lock him up now but i've kind of wondered you know do they let him play on the tag and then you know kind of see how things go and i know th- i don't think that the bucks have really done business like this over the years, I can't really think of an example, but maybe it's something where during the season. They kind of just, you know, he comes back. He's still the same Shaq from 2019. And they're like, all right, let's get a deal done. I don't know that they do that um, too often or if they've even really done that at all as far as getting a, an extension done during the season. But because, I mean, there's so much going on, but I kind of wonder if that's a possibility that's on the table because after they do franchise tag, and like you said, David, that's when I think it gets really interesting, you know, even with the money, if they have money left over. Chris Godwin needs an extension. You know, there's there's a lot in play. Um, you know, beyond just you know, do we tag him or, or when are we going to tag him?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and this gives them that exclusive negotiating window that they know that no matter what, he's a Buccaneer for 2020. But I'm sure the intent is let's let's franchise tag him. Don't let him hit the market, or we may not get him back. And then that gives us that extra time, David, like you said, until. Until June to get that long term deal worked out, or if you don't get it worked out till then, you know both sides have have both shown that they want to get a deal done. It's just a matter of actually getting it done. it could spill over into training camp or the preseason or whatever the case may be that maybe for this this extension he plays the the first year with that franchise tag money but then the years after that they have they have something else worked out whatever the case may be but yeah Shaq Barrett uh you know from the jump Bruce Arian said wasn't going anywhere and yeah he's he's not going anywhere at least for 2020 all right gentlemen it's time to talk Tom Brady are we ready to talk Tom Brady we're talking goat.
2: goat
0: I'm always ready to talk Tom Brady we need to find some sort of sound clip from the movie Shrek when, when no, oh no, that's a donkey. Never mind. Yeah, especially, I was like, I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> I yeah, was not I, sure where that was headed. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Ignore me. All right. Um, On Sunday, according to Chris Sims of NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk, he has reached out to multiple teams, multiple sources, to try to get some information regarding the Tom Brady situation. According to Chris Sims, the San Francisco 49ers are out on Tom Brady. That has since been confirmed by Albert Breer. They're going to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. The The rumor was that th- the desire to get Tom Brady in San Francisco came more from the players, not the team or the, the management there. So Chris Sims continued to do some digging, and he had this to say, quote, I think it is down to this from everything I've heard. It's down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New England Patriots. I don't think the Patriots are going to be willing to give Brady $30 million a year. As we know, Bill Belichick drives a hard bargain. He treats it like a business no matter who it is, even if it's the GOAT. So between Tampa Bay, who I would bet would be willing to spend bigger money on Tom Brady and maybe give him $30 million per year as opposed to New England, who is probably going to offer him something in the $20 million range because we can't forget that Brady is going to cost them $13 million against the cap no no matter whether he's on the team or not. So that's why they want to find a manageable number. So as I understand it right now, It's Tampa Bay or New England for Tom Brady. So we heard all the rumors about all the teams that could potentially get involved in the Tom Brady sweepstakes. We heard the Tennessee Titans. They've agreed to an extension with Ryan Tannehill. We had heard the San Francisco 49ers. They're sticking with their young guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, to ride this out for the next five, six, seven years. We've heard about the Chargers. We've heard about the Raiders. No reports yet that they are out on Brady. But from everything that Chris Sims has heard, it's a two-team race now. So the speculation, according to NFL Network, is that the Patriots are trying to get a deal done with Tom Brady before legal tampering begins on Monday at noon. They believe that if Tom Brady is able to start speaking with other NFL teams, he will not return to the Patriots. The other thing to keep in mind, as Chris Sims said, is that Tom Brady will count $13 million against the Patriots cap in 2020 if he signs with another team. But if Tom Brady returns to the Patriots, that cap hit can be spread out over the next two years. But that means the Patriots are going to try to get him to take yet another Team-friendly deal as he has done so many times throughout his career to try to keep that cap number down. If the Bucks offer him $30 million and the Patriots match it, that means their cap hit for 2020 at the quarterback position is going to be north of $36 million. And that's not how the Patriots historically have done business. So It's all in Brady's hands at this point. If he wants to return to New England, he will find a way to do so. If he is looking to win away from Bill Belichick and really solidify his legacy as the greatest quarterback of all time and prove that he can win away from the greatest head coach of all time, the Buccaneers have reportedly been willing to give Brady any and everything he wants, whether that is input in the roster, play calling, being a part of the game planning whatever the case may be and of course we can't forget about the money it looks like the buccaneers really truly do have a legitimate shot at getting tom brady as their quarterback in 2020 so david i will kick it over to you for this what do you take away from from this is this do you feel that we're inching closer and closer now to tom brady being the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or is this that same movie that we've seen played over and over and over when it comes to the Buccaneers, whether it was Brett Favre or Bill Parcells or whoever it was, that the Buccaneers end up being a negotiating tactic and a, a tool for the benefit of another team? Or is this real? Is this, do you think this is happening now? I mean, I think it's as real as anything you can say is real at this time of the year. Um,
1: you know, what what it really boiled I think the difference between this situation and like what happened with Brett Favre and what happened with Parcells is that with this situation, you have a player that if if all of this is true, if it's either the Pats or the Bucks, then you have a player who's essentially either deciding, Am I leaving or am I staying? That's that's really it. Am I leaving or am I staying? And for what motivations? With the other situations, it was like, okay, I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere new. Where do I want to go that's new? And with but if this is true with Tom, one it goes back to that ESPN report that we talked about and that I wrote about on Bucks Nation, where uh uh Di- Di- is it Diana Rossini was talking about how the interest you know there's been a lot of teams talking teams interested in Tom Tennessee Las Vegas Los Angeles uh San Francisco uh, honestly I never really bought the San Francisco stuff anyway but um then there, you know, there were more, more teams that Tom was interested in than teams that were interested in that because in the last 24 hours, basically Tennessee, who we already knew was negotiating with Ryan Tannehill, which, I mean, if you're negotiating with Ryan Tannehill, you're not all that in on Tom Brady or at least paying Tom Brady as much as you think you're going to have to pay him. Um, and then San Francisco, I don't know. I mean, uh, that's a whole other, you know, uh, bucket of issues, honestly. I mean, quarterbacks can be kind of fickle people, and if you're Jimmy Garoppolo sitting there during the offseason finding out that your teammates are all pining over bringing in Tom Brady after you just quarterbacked them to the Super Bowl, I mean, I'm of the thought that, you know, the defense will carry them there, got it. But you were the quarterback, the guy under the center uh, when, during that Super Bowl run, and now you're finding out your teammates are wanting somebody else like, hey, thanks, John Lynch, for not pursuing it, but guys in the locker room, what's up? You know what I mean? That's kind of, that's kind of a weird situation. But – if it if it comes down to the Pats and the Bucks, I really honestly think all of this helps the Buccaneers, and I think that it it leads Tom to the Buccaneers more because, and, and we talked about this many times on the show before, James. We'll have to remember where Tom Brady comes from, right? He comes from a coll- a collegiate program, and, and all jokes aside, he was not really like he was supposed to go there and kind of like be the guy. Like he thought his his time in, in Ann Arbor was going to go differently than it did. And, you know, I mean, he still threw, you know, 2,000 plus yards and, and, you know, dou- double digit touchdowns and and very little. I think he threw for 10 interceptions in one year. Um, had a very, you know, relatively speaking, successful collegiate career, but it didn't necessarily go the way. Like, it was never Tom Brady's team there in Michigan, from my recollection anyway, which, you know, take it for take it as a grain of salt. But then he goes into the combine. He's not a physical specimen. You know what I mean? You have, you still have the picture of him. Uh, from the combine that everybody puts up and jokes about, you know, when they talk about him being the GOAT uh, six round draft pick. You go, we always go back to that NFL films piece where he's crying on the camera, talking about sitting there, wondering if he was even going to make it to the NFL. And then he goes to New England and he's, you know, he's the bench guy behind Drew Bledsoe. He's not even supposed to be the guy there. Nobody really has any faith in him. Nobody really knows who this kid is. Drew goes out. The world's collapsing around the Patriots as they know it. And then suddenly, you know, I mean, really, it was defense early on. But anyway, you have this baby kid who's holding up a Lombardi trophy, and it's a miracle. And, uh, you know, you tie in the New England Patriots winning the Super Bowl the same season that, uh, that 9-11 happens in. I mean, I remember I was, I was in the barracks in Germany watching that Super Bowl with a buddy of mine, a squad leader in my platoon who's a diehard Patriots fan to this day. And it was like, I mean, honestly, I've never been happier for a team that's not, that I was not rooting for to win the Super Bowl than that year seeing the Patriots pull it off. So you, So you think about where he's come from. He's always been the guy. That when you think I can't do it, I'm going to show you why I can go do it. And if there's if it's true that all these teams that are quote unquote interested in him really aren't interested in him, Tennessee would rather have Ryan Tannehill over you. Las Vegas, I mean, I don't know. In the last 72 hours, the Las Vegas Raiders haven't even been part of the conversation anymore. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, you know, that's that's a player's wish. The management's like, no, nah, no, nah, we're good, we're good, thanks. Go over there. The Chargers, again, in the last 72 hours, really haven't even been a part of it. The Colts, they've kind of been you know on the outside looking in. So when you boil it down, you got the Buccaneers interested and the Pats are interested. Well, the Pats interested because they love you or the Pats interested because you're Tom Brady. You're an institutional figure, so we can't as an organization shoot you out the door and, and replace you uh, because it, it, you know the, the aesthetics of it would be terrible, or do we actually love you? And if you're Tom Brady and, and the entire league is essentially telling you, no, nah, no, nah, man, we're good. We're going to take a guy who a year ago was a Miami Dolphins reject no, we'd rather stick with the guy that we've literally been trying to replace for the last two years in Derek Carr. No, we're going to keep your former backup. That's taking Tom Brady back to his history of you're not the dude. You're not the guy anymore. You stack on top of that, the system quarterback label. He's had a system quarterback label on him his entire career. And then there's the report, and I don't know how true it is, right? But there's a report that a former Patriots teammate, I can't remember the name of the player, a uh, former Patriot is basically saying that Bill Belichick is almost sitting back, laughing, saying, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Tom, go somewhere else and see if you can do what you do here. Good luck to you, because Bill doesn't think you can do it." I don't know how true that is. Sometimes former teammates, you know, that those t- those situations get a little sticky. But if that is true at all, and Bill Belichick's kind of sitting back there, he's like, "Go ahead, Tommy boy, go ahead and go out, go out there in the, on the in the big world and see what see what you can find on your own." And the rest of the league is saying, "Not Tom' team. We're good. Enjoy enjoy the rest of your career." That is all the motivation a guy like Tom Brady needs to go to a new team instead of staying in his old team to show the rest of the National Football League that he can do it. And that plays right into
0: the Buccaneers' hands if they really want him. Which Which Super Bowl is coming up in twenty twenty one Is it Are we at Super Bowl fifty five? Yes. So Tom yeah, Brady, it's Super
1: Bowl Derek Brooks. Right.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. So Tom Brady could come to the losingest franchise in NFL history where everybody says, why would you go there? You can't win. He can take them to a Super Bowl in their home stadium and win the Super Bowl that is numbered after the greatest player in that franchise's history.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: This is getting a little too real for me.
1: And then a little in six t- years former Buccaneers great Tom Brady will go to the Hall of Fame.
0: That's right. <laughs> and I'll right. I'll go to Canton to cover it because it's not that far of a drive. Oh, you and me both. Hey, listen, we'll, every we'll year when that. John Lynch comes
1: up, I see Broncos media all over the place talking about former Broncos safety John Lynch potentially making the Hall of Fame. So I don't want to hear it. If, oh, yeah. if Tom yeah, Brady comes to Tampa and even makes it to the playoffs,
0: it's former Buccaneer quarterback Tom Brady going to the Hall of Fame. Steve Young in the Hall of Fame is listed as a Buccaneer and a 49er. Just saying. All right, so Bailey, before we, before we wrap the, uh, the conversation up, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts here? You and I have talked extensively about the Tom Brady situation. What does this report do for your feelings on, on what could start to transpire today?
2: It feels like every time I'm about to jump on and and record with you, something about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers comes out. So that's why I feel like every time I've been on here, we've talked about Tom Brady and it's starting to feel a little too real to me. And that's, that's a painful place to be because my gut still tells me he's going back to New England. We're, I think we're going to see the same old story where, you know, yeah, all of this is coming out, but you know, brady's a patriot brady's gonna go back to the patriots and him and bill are gonna laugh it up say hi you guys really thought that we we're gonna break up this dynasty we got a couple more years where you know we're gonna challenge for the super bowl so i don't really i still like i've said it over and over again i won't believe it until i see it but it's starting to feel way more real than it did initially you know this report comes out and you know it's it's down to two. It's down to the Bucks or the Patriots, and you know, I, I still, I, I could be another team that sneaks in there last minute. But you know, being down to the final two, like you said, the Bucks have been here before, but there's so much in their favor in this that it's starting to feel like you know uncharted territory. Like uncharted territory where we're not really sure. Like maybe he ends up a Buccaneer, and you know, we're all laughing about how. You know, Tom Brady left the Patriots, where he spent 20 years, to come to Tampa. How do you feel about that, Patriots fans? So, you know, I'd be, you know, I'll be checking Twitter, refreshing Twitter for the next—I mean, I guess for the next week plus—because of everything going on. And just, you know, the, the looks like free agency is going to be a go. And you know, I'll be scrolling Twitter and, and refreshing, refreshing, looking to see what the latest report is. Uh, you know, about the you know future of the Buccaneers quarterback position, Tom Brady or not.
0: Bailey, would it get any better than if the Buccaneers get Tom Brady and the Lightning eliminate the Bruins from the Stanley Cup playoffs?
2: I don't think it could, to be quite honest with you, unless you know, like the Rays and the
0: Red Sox. No, 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 no. We're not talking about baseball. Just answer the question as is.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think it could get any better than if we're not taking other factors into into account. But okay, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, we, I'm not bringing baseball into this. We don't agree on baseball, but we had to get a little bit of hockey talk in while David was on the show.
1: Had yeah. To. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you, so talk about Tom Brady coming back, right? Um, the, the Patriots obviously have the defense, the defense in place right now to make a championship run. They, they demonstrated that there are some pieces that are free agents that may not come back, but they, I still think they've had the, the general nucleus to, to be able to put together a championship caliber defense. Um, where where they really floundered was on offense and, and they're relying too much on Julian Edelman. I almost called him Wes Walker. Um, You're relying too much on June, Julian Edelman. People talk about how Gronk surprised them with his retirement, which if, if you were surprised by Gronk retiring, I mean, I don't know, like the, 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 the writing has been on the wall for a few years that Gronk was, was going to call it quits uh, sooner rather than later. So if they were really taken off guard by that, then that's, that's, you know, that's a that's a black mark on, on the organization in, in my eyes. I really the, the only thing that really concerns me about this, right, is if Tom is willing to give like I don't think Tom Brady's gonna re-sign with the Patriots before the end, before free agency, before the legal tampering at least starts. Because I don't know, I, I kind of feel like if you were gonna do that, if you if he was gonna re sign with the team basically as is, right? Because that's what it would take. Because, because right now the only thing they can promise him is we will go talk to this person, we will go talk to that person. They can't bring anything more to the table than the Patriots already have at this juncture. So, if you're already if you if he's going to sign with the team as it is right now, then I, you know I don't see what the what the point is in delaying, unless like Bailey said, they plan on getting up on the podium saying <laughs> we watched so you guys all offseason. You know, it's never gonna happen. And then we all have that in our face. And it's like, you know, every 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 media entity that's been talking about Tom Brady is just gonna get drugged through the coals on Twitter, which is gonna be awesome. Um so I feel like it there's there's a there's a universe here or a parallel line here somewhere where Tom says, look, look, Bill, go show me that we're gonna put an offense on the field that can support what I can do still at, at 43, pairs nicely with the defense that we have still in place. And we'll talk and we'll talk about me coming back. And so now when legal tampering starts, you don't have the Buccaneers talking to Tom yet. Jameis is talking to other people already, if you know whatever suitors are out there for him. And the New England Patriots, you know, they've got 40 plus million in cap space right now. Uh that's another six and a half million. Uh there's a there's a cornerback on the roster. I don't have the name in front of me anymore. They can move for another two million, which two million by itself is nothing. But you're talking about clearing almost 10 million dollars in cap with no dead space by just those two names. You take that six that close to sixty million dollars and or close yeah close to sixty million dollars now and you go out and you talk to an Amari Cooper and get him to take a backloaded deal to be able to facilitate paying Tom and come coming into the team. You go out and you uh you you talk to Eric Ebron, you know who is not a Gronk by any means, but can Tom do some magic with a guy like Eric e- Ebron? I think he probably could. The only other option I can think is like that they call the Bucks and try to get a trade for Cam in place, but I don't. See the Buccaneer, you know, now you're working against yourself if you're the Bucs, if you do that. Um, but, you know, if, if the Patriots can take this money and stretch these dimes as far as they can and bring in a guy like Amari Cooper and bring in a guy like Eric Ebron or even go trade for another, like, young athletic tight end, him with Julian Edelman, uh, you've already got, um, they've already got uh, Nikhil Harry, who they, they drafted last year, and then tell Tom, hey, look, dude, you come back. Round one or two, we're going to take a wide receiver for you. You know, we'll we'll promise you that we'll we'll dedicate that cap space or that that draft capital to you. And now you've got to revamp receiving core. You've got a tight end that's got some athleticism. You already know what they can do with many many running backs on the roster. I mean, that really is the only thing that kind of that kind of tells me that the Patriots might be able to lure him back is by putting those pieces in place. And if they do that, that's kind of what we're talking about, with James. One on one, James, and, and we've talked about it before on the show. Even outside of that conversation, is now you're running into the situation where now James is out there talking to other people. He may not, you know. Once Tom's like, okay, New England did all the right things and went out and made offers to the right people. I'll come back, and now you go calling to Jameis. Now Jameis will be like, ah, no, hey, hey, I saw you on that date with Tom. I hope you two are really happy together. I'll be over here in Miami helping rebuild the Dolphins or whatever.
0: Um, I'll be in the windy city stealing Mitch Trubisky's job.
1: Yeah, you know, or I mean, and Teddy Bridgewater. Everybody's talking about Teddy Bridgewater being the number two, which is great. But how long is Teddy Bridgewater going to wait by the phone? To be that number two, is he going to wait 24 hours? Is he going to wait 48 hours? I don't think so. I think legal tampering opens up and the Los Angeles Chargers come calling you in hour one. You answer the phone. And if they want to fly you out, well, never mind. I can't do that anymore. But if they want to FaceTime with um, you and take you on a virtual tour of the facility or something, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it's that dangerous game we've been talking about. But that right there is where I can, I can see the Patriots possibly trying to make some moves during legal
0: tampering that would lure Tom back. We'll see what happens. I, I wouldn't say that they can't fly anyone out. They have recommended that their you know that their staff stay home and everything, but uh pretty sure the Glazers could roll out a completely disinfected private jet and say, hey, Tom, we're gonna fly you on our private jet down to Tampa, make sure you don't interact with the public at all. We are going to send a disinfected Tahoe to pick you up, bring you directly here, where we have tested everybody for COVID-19 and uh everything's clear and you can check out the facility give Tom a Tyvex jersey a what a Tyvex jersey that's what the chemsuits are made out of oh gotcha gotcha well hey maybe that's what the new jerseys look like all right Well, real (laughs) quick guys because we do we do have to wrap this up um since legal tampering does begin after this episode comes out at noon I'm going to ask you both a, a quick question. David we'll start with you, then we're going to end with Bailey. David, who is the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers? Who is the starting quarterback for the Patriots? And who is the starting quarterback for the Chargers in 2020?
1: <sighs> the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers in 2020 is Teddy Bridgewater? the starting quarterback for the Patriots is Tom Brady and the starting quarterback for the chargers is Justin
2: Herbert. Okay. Bailey. David, you did not take long enough for me to think about this thoroughly. (laughs) I feel like you weren't supposed to deserved some prep time for that question. Nope. I agree. I definitely agree. Absolutely Um, not. Wow. All right, here we go. Um, Starting quarterback for the – let's start with the Chargers. It's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. For the New England Patriots, it's going to be Tom Brady. And for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's going to be Jameis Winston. Wow. I almost went Teddy B with the Chargers as well, just just for the record. Yeah, one of you put that in my head just a few minutes ago. I think it was James talking about the first
0: hour. I don't know. I I could see that. I could see that happening. All right. I'm going to say the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers is Tom Brady. I will I will be the one of the three of us to say that starting quarterback for the New England Patriots is going to be Teddy Bridgewater starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. David, I agree with you. It's Justin Herbert.
1: Hey, so the way I see it, if if James Winston, Tom Brady or Teddy Bridgewater is starting with the Bucks, locked on Bucks was correct. Isn't that is that what, is that what uh that james is how that works. what he said is, you remember he's like that's 100%. what you media guys like to do you like to give multiple answers so you can say you're right hey he's not wrong He's not wrong we we do <laughs> do that at times but i think we do a pretty good job james of cuz cuz we remember we've said this before like anything could happen with quarterback situation so i don't think we will come back and say like we told you it was going to be Philip Rivers. Remember, back in January, we said Philip might come to Tampa. I don't think we will do that, but he's not. He's definitely not wrong that 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 does happen out there. So I just I thought it was funny that we all picked different quarterbacks. Is like, hey, on Tuesday we can come back place. Hey, we we told you,
2: we told you it was going to be that guy. Well, here's a question for you guys. I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guest. Am I allowed to
0: ask you guys questions? Absolutely. Yeah. You are <laughs> as, the, as you are the as unofficial screen and pre-approved. Oh well. I screened it. It's approved. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> so here we are. We're sitting here recording on Sunday night. Legal tampering period starts at noon on Monday, and of course, you know we'll be back uh, with another episode recording tomorrow night on Monday night. Do you think we'll have any sort of clarity by the time we record Monday night on the Bucks quarterback uh, situation or any of any of those quarterback situations out there? Really?
0: Yeah. I think we will. I think we'll we'll have at least something new to update whether it's a conversation that has happened it is a mutual interest that is reported um, we will have some semblance of quarterback news tomorrow it could it could have nothing to do with the Buccaneers the quarterback news that we get could be Philip Rivers and Indianapolis Colts agreed to deal in principle pending a physical win allowed but we will have some clarity on the overall NFL quarterback situation by time we record tomorrow
1: yeah I mean listen for for what it's worth I'm not Jason Light obviously but if I you know putting myself in that position as best I can if you know if at 11 59 and 59 seconds I call Tom Brady and I say hey Tom this is Jason Light let's do this and he goes hey listen guys I'm gonna give New England 24 hours to go out and get a couple key offensive players. If they can, then I'm sorry. I'm coming back to new England. I'm gonna say, cool. Awesome Tom. That makes a lot of sense. I appreciate your time. Hopefully we talk tomorrow. Click. Hey, Teddy, what's up? Jason light Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How you doing? Because again, this is a musical chair situation. You don't want to be the guy left without a chair. And I think Tom Brady knows the business enough to understand. Like if, if news breaks out, Buccaneers have moved on to Teddy Bridgewater and Tom's like, yo guys, what's up with this moving on business? Like, no, nothing, man. Hey, you're giving the Patriots 24 hours we're giving us 24 hours to come up with a with a, an escape hatch. You let us know what you want to do. We'll be over here. And in the real world, hey, Teddy, check it out. Tom's calling us back in 24 hours. Here's the deal we're kind of looking at. If we can come to an agreement in the next 24 hours, you're our dude. What do you say? Let's talk. And if Teddy agrees, I mean, Tom may end up in a situation where it's like, hey, cool, New England. What's up? What's up, guys? Let's let's do this. And, and now he's staying on the sideline by himself and nobody will high five him.
2: <laughs> I'll high five him. Man, this is going to be fun. Yeah, it's sure, be we'll fun no matter that. what happens. So, we'll, it could we'll it could end that. really up like in a really upsetting yeah, way. This, that, that's this, this could become sure. a disaster very quickly. Spoiler alert,
1: the only big name quarterback that actually moves locations is Philip Rivers.
0: Why would you say that? Everybody
1: else. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Tannehill's in Tennessee. Brady's in New England. Winston's in Tampa. Teddy B decides one more year as a backup behind Breeze isn't that bad. No way. Philip Rivers goes to the Colts, <laughs> and we're all sitting me. here going, well, I'm really glad we just spent our last three months doing this. Anyway, moving on to the
0: draft. Thanks for listening. Insert, insert Talladega <laughs> Nights sound clip of don't you put that evil on me here. <laughs> don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that on us. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. We will be back tomorrow to talk about whatever comes along in the legal tampering window that opens at noon. Today, make sure you're checking out BucksNation.com. There is a legal tampering open thread and tracker that will be running starting at noon. And uh, we will keep it as up to date as we possibly can regarding the Buccaneers and any you know, former Buccaneers that may be out the door. Uh, we will try to keep that as updated as possible for all of you to follow along quickly all in one place. So please make sure you're checking out everything at Bucksnation.com. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. With all the news that will be coming down this week, we will do our absolute best to get to each and every one of them. If you're excited, if you're upset, if you have a question, anything, go ahead and give us a call. Follow along on Twitter. At Locked on bucks at Jarco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, at bailey BaileyJAdams22, and at Bucks underscore Nation. The new league year is almost upon us, and teams can legally start doing what they've been doing for the last two months, and insiders will report it, which is awesome. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding Monday. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And we thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked On Box.